0: In tonight's case, I'm going to talk about a minister, whose church I attended for about eight months, once or twice a week during that eight-month period. I thought he and his wife made a lovely couple. They seemed to be really nice people, and their daughter had a very pretty singing voice. So, a few years later when this story broke, I was beyond flabbergasted. The only thing standing between Judy Brown having a future with Toby Smart was Smart's minister husband, Ted Smart. So Brown came up with a crazy plot to kill him. That's how Salem Commonwealth's attorney, Fred King, probably would have argued this case had it gone to trial in his own words, of course. Instead, Brown entered two Alfred pleas, meaning that she admitted no guilt but acknowledged that prosecutors would likely have proven the charges anyway. Judy Brown was charged with breaking and entering with intent to commit murder and malicious wounding with a crowbar attack on Ted Smart in his basement. King said Brown met Toby Smart, Ted Smart's wife, at Life Bible College in Christiansburg in 2000, and the two women became friends. After moving away for a year, Brown returned to Salem and moved into the Smart's basement apartment on Easton Road. For a time, Brown attended Word of Life where Ted Smart preached. Then she began ministering at Salem Worship Center. Salem Police Detective Todd Clayton testified that some relatives came to stay with the Smart's at one point. So Toby Smart moved into the basement to share a bed with Brown for three weeks. That's when Ted Smart began to notice a difference in his wife. In early 2003, Brown purchased a house next door to the Smarts. Brown brought a letter to Toby Smart in June saying she had received it from an unknown source. The letter warned that Ted Smart had been seen with another woman. It was signed, Church Couple. The next month, Brown brought another anonymous letter over that was addressed to Toby Smart in care of Brown. We told you about Pastor Ted so you would know. Not for him to know and act like it's not true. It read and ended. We are praying for you. About the same time, Clayton said, Brown came to the smarts' house and asked to borrow some wrapping paper, which she was aware was kept under the couple's bed. Some black underwear was later found under that bed. And because they were not Toby Smarts, Brown told her that her husband must be having an affair. King said there is not enough evidence to know exactly the intent of the letters and underwear, but it is possible that they were the first attempts to drive a wedge between the couple On August 25th, 2003, Toby Smart was in New York with a grown son from a previous marriage. After the Smart son left for school that morning, the minister was left alone in his house. The power went out, so Ted Smart went down to the basement to check the fuse box. Smart was then struck on the back of the head by someone with a crowbar. Smart went to his knees then stood and turned around to see Judy Brown. He was struck two more times before he was able to get the crowbar away from her and run upstairs to call the police. Smart was bleeding from the head when officers arrived and Judy Brown was in the front yard complaining of back injuries. Officers who searched the smart home found a Walmart bag in the basement kitchenette. The bag contained a large outdoor trash bag, a long knife, three pairs of latex gloves, a flashlight and a bottle of water and a washcloth. A crowbar was found in the basement that did not belong in the house, nor did the other items. Also found was a large butcher knife belonging to the smarts that had been removed from a drawer in the kitchen and placed on the counter upstairs. King said someone would have had to enter the house upstairs in order to get down to the basement apartment. Judy Brown told the police after the attack she had seen a black male on her property and she had scared him off, then went to the Smart's house where she let herself in with a key and fell asleep in the basement. She claimed she did not remember how Ted Smart got the injuries he received. Clayton said Brown reported to police just two weeks before the August 25th attack that a Prowler had been in her garage, but no report was ever filed. Police got a a search warrant on Brown's home and seized her computer, which contained several emails from Brown to Toby Smart. I thought about you all during church today. You are the joy of my life. I love you very much. One red. Another red. I treasure you more than any amount of words can say. I am totally and so deeply in love with you. And yet another red. I'm so ready to be with you. I get butterflies just thinking about it. I love you. King said police looked for a computer at the Smart's residence, but were told it was, the, it was the sole item stolen during a break-in a few months before. Police did, however, find some replies to Brown from Toby Smart on Brown's computer. One read, I just left you sleeping in your bed. How I wanted to stay and hold you through the night. I love you, Judy, with my whole heart. They only had the one email from that one email from Toby to Judy. No charges were filed against Toby Smart. Defense attorney Chris Kalwazuk said he plans. He planned to enter evidence at a presenting hearing that Brown suffered from a medical condition called transglobal amnesia, which led to her inability to remember what happened that morning. Supposedly, events can happen and regular memory imprint is not laid down. Brown eventually ended up getting eight years. And I've heard after she went to jail, she continued to send emails back and forth between her and Toby Smart. I don't believe at all that she doesn't remember what happened. I've heard of people going into a fit of rage during an argument or even a fight where they've said everything went black or everything went red. But this was no fit of anger. This was premeditated. She had a plan in effect. She had a bag to clean up the mess and get rid of the body and so on and so forth. This lady was basically caught with her hand in the cookie jar. If you enjoy listening to the episodes that I have on Gallows Bird with Angela Martin, I also have um, Gallows Bird, which I did prior to doing Gallows Bird with Angela Martin. If you'd like to listen to some more of my episodes. I'll no longer be doing Gallows Bird. I will continue doing Gallows Bird with Angela Martin. But the episodes on Gallows Bird are up and available to listen to. On 16 platforms, including Hubhopper, Spotify, Amazon, Music, and Bullhorn. If you'd like to to follow me on social media, the only social media I have is Instagram and TikTok. You can find me on Instagram under the username Angelope Cantalope spelled A-N-G-E-L-O-U-P-E C A N T E L O U P E. And you can find me on TikTok under the username Angela.Martin677. I don't post anything personal that often. Mainly just about the stories that I'm doing on my podcast. And whatever I'm currently writing at the time. Occasionally I'll post something. That's a little more um, personal, but not too personal, because I'm a pretty private person. I also have a um, new Kindle Vella series out called Art Napping. It's a cozy mystery for those of you that like to read and enjoy mysteries. It's available on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited. The first three episodes are free to read. After that, if you want to continue reading the episodes until you get to the um, end of the series, you'll have to buy tokens. The first episode is up and I'm about to drop the second episode. I will post one episode per week. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode. Good night.